You have all your snacks ready. Yes. I mean, I'm di- sitting in a different location right now, so I figured to uh, have the snacks ready to go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sarah wasn't too impressed with my uh, Dr. Pepper opening in the midst of uh, podcasting. <laughs> well, you know, she's not the one who has to edit it, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. So are you ready to run this puppy over? Yes, as long as we do it with a cold taste of Dr. Pepper. 23 flavors. Dr. Pepper. Welcome back to Dad's Meat World, your weekly infusion of 1990s nostalgia. That's right, some bold alliteration here on Dad's Meat World, where we dive deep into Corey Matthews' psyche before he got really off the charts and explore just what it is every week where he meets world and why that relates to us as dads here in 2023. This week, I am taking the wheel, taking the lead singer, if you will, dad number one, Brett, and joining me on the ones and twos, dad number two. It is the pooper scooper, Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes, because every lead singer needs their backup band, right, Tyler? I'm the one that just stands there and looks good. I think this week that might be both of us. <laughs> well, between the two of us, you actually have musical abilities. So, you know, if we were to try to make a band, we you would give me a simple object to play. And thus, I'd be a musician. <laughs> that is true, yes. <laughs> I play a mean bongo. Hey, bongos are nothing to laugh at. They're pretty sweet. <laughs> This week, before we dive into the episode, let's let's take a break and just uh, explore what's what's going on in the world of the dads this week. Tyler, what is going on? You're you're sitting in a different a uh, different room than you normally record in this week. What's shaking in uh, in Tyler land this week? Uh, well, uh, as stated previously, spending time in the ER is exhausting. Uh, spent yesterday again in the ER. Uh, I think we finally got some answers, so I'm just exhausted. <laughs> so I'm like, if we're going to record, I want to sit in my spot where I fall asleep. Because um, typically, if I'm up late, um, I'm in this position, and then I just fall asleep in this position. Sometimes my head will come back and be on my nice, comfy couch behind me, but other times my head's just straight up, and so I just wanted to be comfy. That's all. (laughs) Uh, What's going on with you, Brett? Well, uh, let's see. First day back to school for the kids today as we record. They all had that fun first day back. Um and uh yeah i can report they all made it home safely but uh things are warming up here in ohio so i got to finally uh try and kick my passenger door open on my uh on my car i uh the the door panel has started shifting on the inside and i knew there were some broken uh some broken connectors inside that were you know not holding it in place and uh which is fun because uh, no one can sit in the front seat with me. 
for the last month or so. And it's just, I have not had a, a wet day or I've not had a dry day or a warm day that coincided. And today I could finally force it open and see just how many I needed to replace. So that was a, a nice little fun thing to do when I got home from work today and, you know, make dinner, get the kids off to bed. And yeah, it's been a, a quiet little week here. Nothing much to report, just Very a lot much. of spring cleaning. Yeah, I will say it was a surprisingly nice, you know, nice day outside. We actually took a th- our first family walk, and it was a really <laughs> nice experience. So mm-hmm. we're a little fearful that rain was going to come down, but not a, not a lick of water hit us. So it was quite lovely. Yeah, I'm I'm almost almost ready to pull out the grill. <laughs> Very nice, almost. Um, anywho, should we get into that synopsis, Brett? I think we should. So this week. We're looking at one of Tyler's greatest hits from season two. <laughs> 208, eighth episode of season two, Band on the Run. In this episode, Corey and Sean create a fake band for themselves to impress the girls in school. Their plan works perfectly, but the guys end up having to back up all their talk when Mr. Feeney books the band for the upcoming school dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was written by Mark Blutman and Howard Busgang, the writers who gave us just a couple weeks ago Who's Afraid of Corey Wolf? The director, David Trainer, originally aired November 11th, 1994, and currently enjoys a 7.6 IMDb rating. Before we dive in, just want to put this out there right away. Uh, it's never been a favorite of mine, but I did find some uh, some nuggets of, of joy while I was watching this and prepping for the episode. But, uh, yeah, just wanted to put that out front there. Um, just real quick, you know everything positive I said about Corey making poor choices and learning <laughs> from his mistakes. And, you know, I really, like, praised the last episode of, mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, they really show Corey making, you know, just stepping out of the line, but, you know, fixing his mistake. Uh, this episode is not that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this episode is, is kind of him steering right into the skid. <laughs> Yeah, I, I uh, you were, it's like he literally doesn't remember anything that happened in the last <laughs> week's episode. To quote his actor Fred Sam, or Ben Sandwich, how can I learn the same thing every week and still be so stupid? <laughs> <laughs> How many times have we done this story? Eleven thousand. <laughs> but we digress. Good looking people. Yes. <laughs> it's not pooping, you're pooping. <laughs> now, again, we are in a golden age of TV where, you know, with prestige TV, you can only have to have 10, 8, 10, 12 episodes a season. This season had twenty-three. They're not always gonna be winners. But right. Let's dive in and see. Okay, hold on. Wait, you just unlocked a deep, deep soapbox I have. Okay, <laughs> and again, we don't have to use this in the episode, but this is a bothersome for me because I watched the new '90s t- the, that '90s show, and I mm-hmm. liked it. My problem is, is that I think for a sitcom, especially for a a coming of age story, you need. 
all of these episodes to really feel like you are learning and you're growing with them. And just because they keep forgetting the same mistake, you know, in real life, you make the same mistake multiple times until you finally figure it out. Unlike a show like, say, Cobra Kai, like it is essentially like it is a coming of age story, but it's also in the midst of a drama. It's also in the midst of an adult drama. So you have these young people that are growing and learning, but you also have these adults that are trying to figure out how to, how to be adults and how to be examples. But like in this, like we need to have that time of just Corey, Corey almost becoming a little Eric like mm-hmm. in order to learn. I don't want to be like Eric or Sean. I want to be me. Yeah. So Corey does not act like himself this episode. I think that's what bugs me about this episode. He allows himself to be a little more Eric like from last season or even this season or a little more Sean like. So uh, my, my main my main point to this rant is we need time to sit with these characters. And I think a lot of these newer sitcoms that are coming out, especially on streaming platforms, they're supposed to be, you know, learning coming of age stories. You don't get that time with them. I won't disagree with you, especially considering how many times you and I have both taught the same lessons to the same teenagers over and over and over again, only to see them finally get it when someone else taught them the same thing one time. (laughs) So let's dive in. We're going to open at Chubby's. Corey is wandering around Chubby's trying to find a girl that will go to the seventh grade dance with him. And apparently everyone's got a sick grandma. (laughs) Okay, just the amount of energy comes at Sonia as well. Just, hi, my name is Corey. You go to seventh grade. Okay, bye. You can tell he's asked like every girl in the seventh grade by this point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, so many girls. Yeah, he crashes. The, the school either has so many people that you can't, you know, get a get a date, or there's so few of people that every you're able to ask everybody. And I don't know the difference yet. We we need a deep dive sometime to try and figure out how big the student body of John Adams High is supposed to be. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. The only thing I think of is that we could go to like the graduation and count the amount of people in the graduation, and then just assume every class Multiply is by within two 10 because off. you know we only see half of everything that's true i yeah well you have to count the other side of exactly the as well <laughs> well Corey strikes out with sonia and then he sits down with uh with sean and we uh, we get to eavesdrop on their conversation apparently it's not a good time to be a grandmother <laughs> look her grandmother's coughing phlegm her grandmother's hacking blood <laughs> Whoa. I happen to know she has no grandmother. Yes, and somehow she blames me for her death. <laughs> At least you can't sink any lower. Hey, you. Busy? You're not going to ask me to the dance, are you? What if I did? I'd say, pick me up at eight, but no slow dances. Watches for a second, right? I could do that. I'm not going to this dance with anybody. Why don't you just ask Topanga? I could, I could, but that would show no personal growth if I simply asked a girl I've always asked ever since we were five. So when are you going to ask her? I figure tomorrow. Unless by some magic, girls suddenly start to notice me. Hi. I couldn't help noticing you. Oh, you're talking to me? 
Shouldn't you be at the hospital visiting one of your many blood-hacking grandmas? Why didn't you tell me you play? Huh? Corey, they're onto us. They've spotted our axes. They know we play. They like musicians. Oh, well, then watch me pull this rabbit out of my hat. Musicians! Oh, well, that's very different. You guys in a band? Are we in a band? Are we in a band? Yes, you idiot. Well, maybe you play for us sometime? Yeah, we're gonna tell our friends we know you. <laughs> you know, they like us because they think we're in a band. We could cash in on this. But we'd be total phonies. Phonies with groupies. No. We could never pull this off in a million, billion, trillion years. Wow, you guys have roadies? Oh, wait, time flies. Yeah, there's going to be a few extended clips tonight, just just because. Okay. <laughs> Every time I was like, okay, now I'm going to say words, because I, like, I know that they don't say anything. Just, it's fine. <laughs> no, go ahead. The joke I was going to initially make is, man, my one of my favorite reoccurring characters in Boy Meets World is Senior. <laughs> I know. Well, let's peek behind the curtain, because we've got three characters here that we want to look at. Uh, and we'll start with Sonia, played by Joanna Trias. I think I, I hope I'm pronouncing her name properly. First and only appearance on Boy Meets World. 14 acting credits to her name, including in Saved by the Bell, the new class, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Constantine, the movie with Keanu Reeves, not the uh, TV show on NBC and uh, the character that later jumped ship to the CW and more. Sherry, her co-star that winds up being Sean's groupie. Played by Julie Hall. First and only appearance on Boy Meets World as well. Three acting credits total to her name. None since 95. She was one of those child actors that this was pretty much all she did. The only other two were on Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. Never seen it. And The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But the one that really sticks out is Adam Scott, who plays Senior. <laughs> And I'm, I'm not sure if that's his name or his grade. We're going to say grade. But uh, this is his first of four appearances on Boy Meets World. The other three, he'll play Griff. He has, and if you don't know who Adam Scott is, I'm sorry, but you, you will need to watch more TV. Stop this episode right now. <laughs> Stop listening to us, go watch Parks and Rec, and you'll fall in love with Adam Scott and uh, as Ben White and Leslie Nope. Just just go. Just I give you permission. Stop talking to us. Go we'll watch the whole show. It's wonderful. <laughs> yes, we will be here when you get back. Everyone needs to experience the show. Yes. But uh, yes, uh, this is one of his earlier acting credits. Uh, you can also find him, like I said, 125 acting credits to his name. He continues to be a presence in Hollywood. Uh, you can also find him. Uh, he had a small role in Star Trek First Contact. He was in NYPD Blue, ER, uh, in the movie Step Brothers, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, the movie Krampus. He was in The Good Place, currently in Severance. And of course, as Tyler mentioned, Parks and Recreation is Ben Wyatt. I will say he does play a good bad guy in uh, The Good Place. He does. <laughs> yes, he does. So here we have the conceit of the whole episode. Uh, Corey and Sean all of a sudden have this gift thrust in their lap of 
we're we're holding on to guitar cases and the girls who previously wanted nothing to do with us think that we're musicians so now they want everything to do with us it, it feels it feels like the episode is being kind of lazy here i i know seventh grade girls are not exactly always the most discerning of uh, of people on the planet but it feels like they're kind of the, the as good as Blue Gang uh, or Blue Gang, <laughs> yeah, I'll call it Blue Gang because it's Blutman and Bus Gang. As good as Blue Gang did the last time out the gate, it feels like they're kind of phoning it in with the motivation for the girls on this one. I mean, okay, to to quote my wife, well, not an exact quote, but just an interpretation of a quote. This is all sexism, and it's all from the male perspective, and this is ridiculous. It's the patriarchy at work. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So it's just, you know, like her main problem last week was it felt like it was just guys that was all dealing with it and there was no female support whatsoever for her. And I agree. And there there is a problem that is overall in this show and with a lot of 90s shows of token female girl who boy is interested in for the episode episode goes away the girl goes away yeah and these are two more of them and they they're they're part of the story they're conceived of the story are there girls that are shallow like this yes um it just it, it it just feels like a lazy plot point that's all but Corey and Sean have fallen into this gift at, or it's fallen to their lap and all of a sudden they're going to be musicians I mean but yeah I meant to say magicians first <laughs> But musicians, <laughs> they're going to be musicians, and uh, apparently they're going to be a band. You know what? This is really weird. I okay, sorry. Uh, you mentioned about uh, the girl being in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh -huh. I think there's a chance because it, it shows her being listed as Trini, and it says Yellow Ranger unaccredited. When Austin St. John's. Um, and the other, uh, the girl who played Trini, uh, Thuy Chang, uh, you know, uh, like Thuy Chang, and then Walter Jones left. Mm -hmm. They still needed the recording of those characters and to write stories. So they had like two episodes where people did voices to sound like them. And they did little editing tricks to make mm -hmm. it look like, you know, different people were saying things even though they weren't there or didn't say them. And so I'm thinking she was the one that was the Trini uh, Very possible. You know, replacement. So, Very yeah. possible. I did, a couple of years ago, I actually watched those uh, that transition. I was like, wow, this is really rough. Like, every time you see the different people, like, it's like at weird sunlight times. You, can, you can't fully see the faces and, you know, oh, I need to keep these three over here and you three go and do this. <laughs> to quote Mr. Feeney, so, cheap editing trick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I love Power Rangers, second favorite show, but yes. <laughs> well, after we're done at Chubby's, it's uh, apparently the next day. And Corey is on the stairs in their living room. Good evening, Philadelphia. Well, it might be evening. He's found Alan's guitar. He's gonna he's yeah. he's gonna go through the plans to start a band. We find out Alan mm -hmm. was a musician. He had a band himself. They were all about social protest songs, freedom of speech, the war in Vietnam. Corey, on the other hand, I'm in it for the chicks. <laughs> At mm -hmm. least he's upfront mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. it. <laughs> 
Yeah, he is. He's 100% upfront about it, which I think we should get to this fun conversation, which I've been thinking about of. Mm -hmm. Brett, did you ever, I don't know, tell maybe a little white lie just to impress a girl or two? Uh, Let's see. White lie. I think I might have exaggerated that one karate class I took into more than it was <laughs> in like fourth I, grade. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I I definitely like I always exaggerated. Like mm-hmm. when I played football, I exaggerated how important of a football player I was, you know, like you know, just all the things, you know, you, you just mm-hmm. try to make it seem, you know even stronger or whatever, faster, or, mm-hmm. you know, better at an activity. So, yeah, <laughs> you want to, you know, puff yourself up, be, be more of a, yeah. 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 You know, say like a, a youth event, I may or may not have been really <laughs> outgoing and really sociable and, you know, talking to different people and parents and whatnot, you know, to impress people. So, <laughs> you know. You know, <laughs> I wasn't saying I was in for the I was in for the chicks, but you know, one could say, one could say, I'm in it for the chicks. <laughs> and one, I do love Amy's response to all this. <laughs> yeah, Amy is very. Uh, Amy's Amy remembers history a little bit differently than Alan does. <laughs> Amy remembers it probably very accurately. Yeah. Um, Alan shares all about Corey and Sean starting a band. It brings back his nostalgia. And uh, we learned that we learned that Alan's band was called the Tongues. They're very serious about the music, yeah. not about the chicks. But Amy. Our band was about the music. What did you guys call yourselves again? The Tongues. <laughs> and if memory serves me correctly, you were quite a big fan. I was young. I had no taste. <laughs> wow, this brings back memories. Alan, don't go there. It was a very long time ago. Amy, these were some of my best friends. We were soulmates. Friendships like that last a lifetime. I wonder if they're still alive. <laughs> Amy is definitely the voice of reason. <laughs> Yeah, I will say the older I get, the more that I go, huh, there are people that I would go, these were my best friends at one point. I wonder how they're doing. Where are they these days? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't. <sighs> I honestly can't remember the last time I had a fit of nostalgia like Alan's going through where mm-hmm. I would I came across something and. And it's not me. It's not me trying to make myself sound better than Alan or anything, but um, you know, my my core group of friends from college, we we get together every year, and so we ha- we know where each other is. We're we're still involved in each other's lives, and you know the things that we'll pull out the, physically or digitally, we you know we 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 can connect over. We stay connected. Friends from high school, you know, we we. I haven't really reminisced on a lot of that in a while. As like I said, I can't remember you know reflecting on that type of stuff in a long time. So I'm I'm due. <laughs> I'm I'm probably really due. Well, I'm, you haven't hit that midlife crisis yet. Now it has yet, about not yet. three of them in the show. <laughs> not yet, but I have a motorcycle in the garage, so we'll see. <laughs> I mean, I I will say. Alan has a midlife crisis about every 
Every season. Yeah. Just about. Yeah, this is probably the first first one that we really see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I will say that Alan's still at that phase that you're not at just yet of, okay, well, one child is no longer really dependent, dependent upon me. I got another one that I'm now walking through certain steps Mm -hmm. and another one who disappears, you know, from a good amount of time. and I never see them. Goes up to the room for the longest time out in history. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm almost there. Almost, but not quite. (laughs) But I, again, I love Amy in this because she's trying to keep him grounded. Yes, she is very much trying to keep him grounded here. Yeah. I mean, she at this point, I think Amy is very much aware of how dramatic Alan is, thus how dramatic Eric is and Corey and Morgan. Mm-hmm. And she just has to deal with that dramaticness, you know. She's got to be the governor on this engine. I, I see I see future interactions with my wife and I in this situation. So Yes, and then with Grayson yes. and Henry. And <laughs> yes. They're both going to inherit that, uh, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. So um, they bring empty guitar cases to school. Yeah. It's not that hard to Why? find a guitar case, but... <laughs> It had to be a pain to just walk around and get on the bus with, and I'm assuming yeah. that I, I we never really discussed. Do they walk to the high school? Does Eric drive them? Are they are they riding a bus? Well, okay, we're set. We're eight episodes in. Have we never really discussed that? Have we? We've established that Eric drives the school. Mm-hmm. And in future seasons, Corey will walk to school. Mm-hmm. And also, it's clear that it's it's clear that Sean has always had the ability to walk to Corey's house, or maybe take a bus to Corey's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's always a way to get there. So maybe they walk so far, they get public transportation, public transportation the rest of the way. Yep. I don't know. All I know is that when I was the going to the same school as my brother who had a license he was required to take me to school every <laughs> which day which was supposed to be a requirement for eric when he got his license finally but apparently schools yep. transportation is not necessarily one of those anymore right but should sean be a bus rider most definitely yes if he is in walking di- like the school uh that i drive for has a radius of these are the po- this is how far out we're willing to take people to and from school mm-hmm. and if you're in that radius regardless of how close you are to that line you're not getting a ride um mm-hmm. which is always a fun conversation I have to have with people yeah we live within the radius of uh, the high school and the elementary school where the bus will not pick up our oldest or our youngest, but Toby gets bus to school at the middle school. <laughs> so Abby has to be dropped off. Asher has to be dropped off. Although Asher really could walk if he was old enough. And on nice warm days, <laughs> when my parents pick him up at the end of the day, they walk home right past our house. <laughs> Very nice. Yes. So they've got their their guitar cases, and the girls really want them to play. And uh, we've we, uh, well, these girls are like all over them. The, at, right after they uh, were holding those guitar cases, mm-hmm. so 
Like, they have not been not on top of them since that point. Yeah. And apparently, Corey is using his guitar case as a lunchbox. Yeah. He's, he's got yeah, egg sometimes salad Corey in his. eats, you know, weird <laughs> meals, and sometimes he brings in food. Yeah. I like egg salad. I like a good egg salad. Yeah. And so, yeah. uh, Corey, Sean is, Sean is very, very easy to fold. He wants to give in, but Corey pulls him aside for a sidebar. They want to see us play. Look at the pretty girls. Why can't we play? Because we don't know how. <laughs> well, that would stop us. <laughs> Sorry, girls. At this moment, we're not performing for the public. Our managers won't let us. Oh, why? Because... We're still getting over the death of our drummer. <laughs> oh, won't you please play? Okay. Corey, everybody's talking about you. They are? Yeah, they say you're starting a band. They're awesome. Except they don't have a drummer. Who are you? <laughs> well, with the band. Corey, I wanted to talk to you about the dance. Jeremy asked me. I told him I wasn't sure, and I wanted to see what your plans were. You know what? If you want to go with Jeremy, it's fine. Don't worry about me. I'm covered. Okay. Maybe I'll see you there. Corey, when do we get to meet the rest of the guys in the band? What guys? The guys. The guys I told them about. Oh, and I want to meet the guy that plays the guitar with his teeth. Oh, the teeth guy. Well, he's at the dentist right now. Oh. Corey, I never thought I'd hear myself say this, but we're going to need some guys. And again, Sean just can't stop running his mouth. <laughs> exactly. Sean just cannot stop but bury more and more yeah. nonsense into all of this. Corey, look at the pretty girls. <laughs> yeah. But again, a love to Panga. Regardless of who's writing for her, Topanga's pretty darn consistent. Mm -hmm. Just love that they. she immediately looks at the two girls and says, Who what are you? Are you? <laughs> We're with the band. Like, yeah. I just love how immediately she's very confident of, these girls aren't normally around you. Clearly, this is not going to last. Mm -hmm. And also, hey, I just want to check in. Another boy asked me out. Are do, do you okay with that? You know, regardless of what's going around, Topanga is commu she communicates well, I think, with Corey and establishing intent. Like, I think Topanga wanted to go with Corey, and all he had to do was say, Hey, can we go? Mm -hmm. And, you know, she would have said yes, or even would have told him, you know, she would have gone back to her and said, Sorry, I'm going with Corey. I agree. Yep. All he had to do was say, Hey, we should go together. And of yep. course, when we went back, we went, oh, you know, what's the point of asking the same girl I've asked, you know, since I was five years old? So you're going to ask her? Yeah, probably tomorrow. Yep. Tomorrow came and he was already on his scheme. <laughs> yeah. And now they got to find guys. Yes. They got to fill out their imaginary say, this band. Is, this is a nice little montage of... <laughs> Different types of musical performances. It is classic Boy Meets World out there. Because <laughs> we have band tryouts with, you know, the classic pizza box, uh, you know, Sharpie on the pizza box on the door. Couch off to the side. We've got a tuba guy singing blues or a baritone. We've got a guitarist 
that uh, will make them look bad. Yes, he's very good. Yes. We've got the drummer who was drumming on everything. Yeah. We've got the accordion guy who's also singing the blues. We got the monks. We got the monks. <laughs> <laughs> and the expressions on Corian Sean's faces are priceless. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We've got Thor who just poses. Yep. And we've got the guy who just sticks his tongue out. And you got to yeah. have a guy like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one one could argue that he is a bassist, so if he learns a little bit, he can make it work. Yeah. But... I mean, not to deride bass players. I mean, you know, you, you got some good bass players in the world, but uh, among instruments, it may be the easiest ones to fake if in a fake band. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, the the guys they go along they that they go along with are Thor and Flip. Uh, the pose guy and Flip is the guy that just stands there and sticks his tongue out. Thor is played by Matty Liu. This is his first and only appearance on Boy Meets World. 15 acting credits to his name total. He hasn't acted uh, publicly since 2013. Uh, he also appeared in Baywatch, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, Pacific Blue, Hawaii Five O, and others. And Flip, played by Andre Fuentes. First and only appearance on Boy Meets World. Uh, unfortunately, he did pass away in 2016. He had five acting credits total to his name, also appeared in Kids Incorporated, The Birdcage, and The Longest Yard, uh, most notable. Also worked a lot behind the scenes as a choreographer and uh, choreographed pretty notable music video for Prince when he was still going by the artist formerly known as Prince. So these are the band, and here we go, Corey and Sean going through the band mission statement. If this band is gonna succeed, we gotta follow one rule. No matter what happens, no matter how cute the girl is, no matter what she's wearing, we never ever play a note. (laughs) And why is that, Sean? Cause we don't know how. Sums it up right there. Yeah. And again, they're doing all this to impress girls. Yeah, that's, that's all there is, you know? If, if they could just learn four chords and string together some basic rhyme schemes, they could very easily crap out four to five songs, and that's all they'd need. Well, that's the thing, is like all they have to do is take the time that they're wasting and just try. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they'd be better off. Like, even if Corey just said to his dad, mm-hmm. hey, could you teach me a little bit? And, you know, actually take a shot at it, then that's different than just, we're going to say we're in a band without the the skill sets to be an actual Mm -hmm. band. Yeah. (laughs) But, no, they'd rather just look cool because it's all about the image. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because they'll never have to play. That's the band mantra. Exactly. They'll never have to play. That will never come back to bite them. (laughs) Not for a second. Ah, uh, yes, and Sean has an interesting question. You think I'd look cooler not playing the guitar or not playing the drums? Well, Sean's already been carrying a guitar, a guitar case around, so I'd argue guitar. Yeah. So they're leaving. Alan comes in dragging, <laughs> well, rolling a huge amp that he picked uh-huh. up at a garage sale. They didn't know what they had. Amy's pretty sure they did. <laughs> and I uh, bet his wife did. Yeah. <laughs> 
and Eric's coming behind with all kinds of stuff. And Amy uh-huh. again is just a little bit, uh, Alan, slow down. You know, this is not how you're remembering it. And uh, there's fun little back and forth between Alan and Eric here. Picked up your jacket from the cleaners? Oh, cool, my band jacket. You guys actually wore those? Oh, yeah, this was our look. <laughs> Did people laugh? <laughs> no, they were impressed. Especially your mother, her name's sewn right in the sleeve there. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's with the other names? Paula, Bethany, Ashley? Uh, those are small towns we played, northern Pennsylvania. <laughs> You're lying? Yes, I am. I don't know why. I just, hey, Bethany is a real place. It is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I just I, I love that little interaction between Eric and Alan. Eric Eric calls him out on his lie, and he he knows he's busted. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, he's just uh, Eric. Eric is an accessory to Alan's slight uh, midlife crisis right now. Yes, and he's fueling the fire, and he knows it, and. I don't think he cares. <laughs> I, yeah, think I think he's he enjoying it. it. He likes he, he, at this mm-hmm. moment. He likes the chaos. <laughs> well, it's okay. How often? Like when you were younger, did you ever open your parents' closet and look at something and go, well, "You wore this in public." I remember looking at their wedding. Fo- well, not their wedding photo, but my uncle's wedding photo that they were in and they had some pretty interesting um, tuxedos. Really any of their photo albums. Uh, I could see a lot of those, um, a lot of those styles and which just like, really? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Your parents have any uh, embarrassing jackets with uh, names of small towns in northern Pennsylvania stitched in the sleeves? Oh, no, no. But they they had plenty of stuff that I always looked at and went, why? <laughs> but that was the style back then. Yeah. I mean, looking back at my parents' wedding album, like just seeing the shoulder pads that are on <laughs> half of the women's uh, dresses, you know, that makes me wonder of the poofiness but uh you mm-hmm. know it's just the style back then and people wearing hats you know it just is what it was i'm sure someday our children will look back and go really you guys wore that oh seriously i mean just look at what i was wearing in the 90s i mean people were wearing jinko jeans with the elephant leg and crisscross was pioneering backwards pants and Three sizes mm-hmm. too large baseball jerseys. And <laughs> let me go on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. If you didn't have the bag, you didn't, uh, you weren't cool. Didn't have the bag, you ain't got no swag. Mm-hmm. There you go. Exactly. So we transitioned to school. Corey's in the hallway, and I have to, I had to clip his, uh, his little soliloquy there. I was just standing here listening to the music in my head. <laughs> Is it loud? (laughs) Sometimes it drowns out my thoughts, but then I see you and I know it's our song. Ooh, that was a good one. (laughs) Pretty smooth, Matthews. Oh, hey, Mr. Turner, I didn't know you were standing there. Oh, yeah. Maybe you better turn down the music in your head. You know what, Mr. Turner? Me and you, we're a lot alike. Are we? 
Yeah, because you have this motorcycle helmet, people think you're cool. And I carry around this guitar case, and people think I'm cool, too. Matthews, I got this motorcycle helmet, so if I crash my bike, my head doesn't go splat. <laughs> Why do you have that guitar case? To protect my sandwich. Now, see, if Corey would put half the energy he put into that little soliloquy about the music in his head to learning three to four chords and writing a basic rhyme scheme, the exits could have had one or two songs to play at the dance. <laughs> hey, he takes a shot at a song later on, okay? We'll get there. <laughs> I didn't clip it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I love that Turner always has this way of communicating with Corey, mm-hmm. where if Corey sat on and thought about what he's actually saying to him for at least three seconds, if he turns down the music in his head a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, what he's saying to him is pretty profound. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you have that to, I don't know, I'm assuming pick up girls. I have this because I want to protect myself. I'm in it for the chicks. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. it's just, it's just, there's a lot of wisdom from Turner that just Corey, I think, misses. Mm-hmm. And it's probably just because of the fact that Feeney last season, you know, Corey was used to, I'm going to tell you the thing I want you to think about, where Turner kind of, does it make sense? He kind of speaks in a little bit of a, a rhymy, like a kind of like a questioning, like puzzling type way to him of, mm-hmm. I'll give you a response, but I'm going to give it to you in a way that I want you to think about this. Yeah, that's, that's accurate. But yes. But yeah, there's there's a lot of wisdom that comes from Turner to Corey that goes unheeded, just like just like uh, a couple episodes back. Like, what You don't listen to me in class. I ex- You're going to listen to me in real life? <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for that clip to see if I had moved it over to the Mr. Turner board, but I, I don't think I had. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, unfortunately, Brett, the demon seed can't make it. No, they can't. Uh, yes. Bummer. The demon seeds cannot play the school dance. And uh, hard as it is to believe my rock and roll contacts are limited. Yes. There's no live music, but Mr. Feeney does have a cassette tape of uh, Jojo Man and Brother B recorded live. <laughs> but one of the groupies of the band says they've heard Corey and Sean play and they're great and they can play. Corey, instead of owning up to the moment and says, no, we've never played, gives into the crowd and all the pressure and names the band The Exits. Well, kudos. You have a gig. Have your people call me. Wow, I get to hear you play in front of the whole school. Sean, look who they got to play the dance. The exits, they're great. They're us. Ooh, they're not so good. That interaction is funny, but yeah, again, so many times we've seen Corey learn that if you just, well, Corey, yeah, we've seen him learn that if you just own up to it in the moment, it wouldn't blow up bigger. But again, gives in to peer pressure in the crowd in the moment, and the lie continues to blossom and grow. Yeah. Which, can we just agree for a moment that 
the skill set you need to be able to play a wide variety of songs without, you know, needing too much help from the crowd and everything like that is a skill in of itself that takes a long time to develop and be good at. Like, oh, yes. You know, there are cover bands that will go name a song and, you know, there's only certain songs that they can play, but... You know, they're trying to play the hits. They're trying to be relevant and, Mm -hmm. you know, be able to play them well. And, uh, yeah, you know, like my brother had a live band at his uh, wedding. I didn't. We just had a DJ booth. Mm -hmm. My sister had a DJ booth. Well, mine was a much cheaper DJ booth. But, you know, it's like I just sit back and I go, in the 90s, did we not have DJ booths? Like, (laughs) oh, no, we did. But to have a band... At what I pres- what I assume to be is going to be ninety minutes to two hours for a school dance for what is the seventh grade that we were told at the beginning of the episode. You're going to need a band that's going to be able to play f- at least half that time with some pre-recorded music to fill in the rest. So figure forty five minutes to an hour of songs. You're going to need a good twenty or so songs of varying styles of speed, tempo. You're going to need a good I'll, I'll say good twenty two set list, twenty two song set list that would rise and fall a little bit because at a school dance, you're going to want a lot of energy, but you're also going to want a few slower tracks. And you're going to want to be able to, you're going to need the talent to have it stand on its own, whether even when the crowd says, you suck. (laughs) This is not going to come from a seventh grade band 99.9998% of the time. (laughs) Yeah, well, and that's, it's also the folly and slight annoyance I have with Feeney of, great. Corey, your band's up. And Feeney lives next door. He knows Corey doesn't have a band. He would have heard them practice. (laughs) He knows Corey and Sean don't have the time to be in a band. (laughs) And I think that's another thing that annoys me about this episode. Uh, Like, okay, well, Feeney is aware enough of Corey and the things he's interested in, and he pays enough attention. He should know that he's not doing anything musically inclined. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> well, at least. Yeah. yeah so, it's, it's a little bit out there for him. But <laughs> but also, Turner, being a young guy, would he not have knowledge of some bands? He might have a little better rock and roll connections than Feeney does. Like, to say, like, he's called Earring Boy all the time. <laughs> like, he's young, so... He's the groovy he... new teacher. <laughs> <laughs> hey, George, you think I'm groovy? <laughs> I don't understand why Turner is not the one that's supposed to be heading up of getting the bands and, you know, making sure there's, I don't know, a well-reputable non-demon seed uh, band option. Oh, yeah. What just happened? I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, so we go out to commercial break. We come back. We're at Chubby's. Corey informs the band that he he got them into the gig because Sonia was pressing up against him and making purring noises, and uh, he may have signed some papers, but we're all in this together. It's all right. Thor and Flip are out. They're gone. We we don't see yep. them for the rest of the episode, though I do believe I saw Thor in the crowd at the dance, so 
But then Sean and Corey have a, uh, a, a small discussion there in the booth. Okay. Okay, okay. No, 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 don't panic. We'll just play the old hits. None of the new stuff. Maybe one encore, we're in the limo, and we're home. Okay, what are we gonna do? We have to find some way to go on. The girls love us. Yeah, we work too hard to get where we are. We have to come up with a plan. You know, that's... That's so crazy, it just may work. What may work? The plan. I didn't tell you what it was. That way they can't get it out of me. Get what out of you? Nice try. Hormones have rotted Sean's brain at this point in the episode. Uh, it really has. Sean has officially turned into what Alan feared Corey would become of the... <laughs> Sean is on autopilot. Do you remember, when Sean was that yeah. giggling mess of, of, of a puddle of whatever at the end of season one when he met Hillary. Yeah, that's, that's his brain here. He's just, he just wants to yeah. look at the pretty girls. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Sean honestly would have taken a shot at actually playing for the girls. If Corey hadn't convinced him, that's a bad idea. He may have, I, I could definitely see that happening. I think that, uh, that glass of water, the face saved him. <laughs> I think, uh, this whole, Corey and Sean both being in on some of these schemes is part of the problem. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> they keep they keep digging each other further and further into the hole. And if they just, just would have played earlier, we could have solved all this issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm very uncomfortable that a teenage girl was described as purring in his ear. <laughs> Well, they've been hanging off of them the whole time. So, I mean, it's not something that's comfortable for me to hear either, but it fits. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's just the form of flirting, of spurring. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> it could. I mean, two episodes ago, he was talking about howling a lot. So, I mean. That's true. Yeah. I will say, I find it funny. They say, we've worked too hard to get where we are right now. I know. <laughs> uh, we transition to the Matthews living room, and Alan's old band is all together in the living room. Turns out they are live. And there are some yep. notable names in this band. I don't know if you caught them yes, all. Yes, there is. But for the good-looking people at home, I'm going to walk you through some of these notable names. We're going to start with Norm, played by Mickey Dolenz, and uh, he's going to come back. This is first of two uh, appearances. Uh, he's playing Norm now. He's going to come back next season as Gordy. But here is Norm. Got 53 acting credits to his name. Uh, he hasn't been on screen since 2017. He's Adam 12, Drew Carey Show. He was in Rob Zombie's Halloween, which I'm going to have to go back and watch again because I missed him completely in that. But most prominently... He's Mickey Dolan's of the Monkees. Big, big band that was America's, basically supposed to be America's answer to the Beatles. And we'll see more from the Monkees later next season. Bigger than the Beatles. <laughs> We've also got Gordy, played by Rick Nielsen. This is his first and only appearance on Boy Meets World. 15 acting credits to his name. 
pretty much all in music videos, considering he's the guitarist and main songwriter for the rock band Cheap Trick. Yes, of I Want You to Want Me fame. And we've got Larry, played by Billy Vera, first and only appearance on Blame Meets World. 44 acting credits to his name. He also has his own rock band as well, fronted with his own name, Billy Vera and the... I forget off the top of my head. But um, 44 acting credits to his name, including Days of Our Lives, Baywatch, Beverly Hills, 90210, Johnny Bravo, and a lot more. So we've got legitimate rock stars in Alan's living room with him. And yep. they're sitting there talking about cemetery plots, the brownie balls of death, cheating on your wife by switching the label so they're supposedly fat-free while she's eating kale or whatnot. But Alan really wants to relive the old days and only he seems to remember the old days. Amy comes in to take drink orders and they're asking for mineral mineral water, diet iced tea, running carrots through the juicer. Alan wants to, Alan's the only one who wants to take a beer. You sure you want to do that to yourself, Alan? Yeah, man, you got kids. Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. Hey, where are you guys going looking so cool? Our first gig. Your first gig? What you just started playing two days ago. Kids learn fast today, Alan. Not mine. We gotta go. Bye. Break a leg. Yeah, that's our backup plan. Let's make you proud having your son following the old man's footsteps. Oh, yeah, it sure, sure does. <laughs> Whoa! What's this? <laughs> oh, is that your old Strat? Oh, you bet it is, man. I took it out, tuned it up, hit a couple of licks. I gotta say, it's like I never put it down. Oh, this is a beauty. I guess your wife threw your axe out a long time ago, huh? No, no, it's in the van. Mine too. Yeah, mine's in the trunk. Hey, you wanna get him? Sure. sure yeah. Yeah. Go get him, come on, we'll jam a little bit. Hey, the tongues. <laughs> About that ain't we're gonna play. The boys are back. This better not be to meet chicks. Now, Brett, do you ever just keep your axe in the uh, back of your car just in case? No, no. Uh, you can see it on <laughs> camera behind me. That's pretty much where it stays unless I pull it out to use it. <laughs> in fact, I used it uh, at the retreat with you uh, a couple months ago. That was the first time I'd actually pulled it out of its case in months. So <laughs> Fair. Yes, I. Well, I, I think I wasn't in a band though. <laughs> no. Well, I was gonna say like, you know, you'll we'll see in a few minutes because they do play, and you could tell that the character Alan is a little off. He's not hitting things the way he should, you know, and he is kind of embarrassed in this whole thing. But I don't know. I didn't actually look up. Does you know, William Rust know how to actually play? guitar or not but it, it could just be argued that his skill level would not be able to match oh yeah the I, guys he's playing with yeah and, and, and let's i mean let's let's kind of round out his his arc there i mean because i mean clearly william russ surrounded by these three guys is not going to be up to snuff as them i mean he's he's an actor first and foremost they're musicians first and foremost but we get to see them play one song together. Alan's clearly a step behind the whole way. And then, you know, he rushes the guys out. And uh, I clipped when they rush out, uh, when he rushes them out, I, I clipped his conversation with uh, Amy afterwards. They sounded great. I didn't sound so great. What happened? I used to be good. Alan, darling, I say this with love and respect. 
You were never good. What are you talking about? You said it was my music that attracted you to me in the first place. And you believed me? Well, yes, I based my life on it. It's never the music. It was just the whole package. What package? You. You were cute, and you looked very adorable with your little guitar. It didn't really matter that you couldn't play very well. I just liked you. I can't believe this. All this time I thought you liked me because of my music, and you just liked me because of me. I feel so cheap. You want to feel really cheap? Amy, it's it's really great to see Amy is there at at the at the end of things to to be that she oh she's been trying to be the anchor to keep him grounded the whole time and she's able mm-hmm. to still be there as the cushion for him to fall into when uh you know he he got himself inflated he was you know he was up in up in the clouds hoping and thinking that his memories were going to be what he thought they were and when he gets deflated he needs to fall onto someone onto someone soft to to catch him and she's there to do that mm-hmm. too and you know she lets him know it, yeah. it wasn't your music it was you the whole package and of course mm-hmm. you know he's he's a little yeah, he's a little moody, but but I well, mean, it, just, it it hits his ego a little bit to <laughs> find out of the thing that you held your hat on of why I fell in love with you that wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Just fell in love with you because I fell in love with you. So she's trying to say, like, you are more than just a guy who played guitar a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. you're someone I want to build a future with. Yep. Sorry. Yep. And let's ignore the fact that you were in the Navy, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like, okay, in this timeline of he was in the Navy, they got married young. When were they doing the band? That's a very good question because we don't know how long the band even was together. <laughs> you know, well, we may have to sit down at some point and actually figure out the backstory of Alan and uh, Amy, but... Yeah. (laughs) The only thing of it is, like, if he was, like, in this band, like, in, like, say, like, high school or whatever, and, like, they just graduated high school, they started touring and went to a bunch of open mic slash small little festivals, they just needed a band, or Battle of the Bands, you know, those type of stuff, Um, you know, those type of places where they could have gone, but who knows? Could be. Well, let's go back to Corey and Sean's story because yes. uh, I, I I like that we we let's uh, I like that we just wrapped up the whole thing in Alan and Amy. Now oh, we yeah. can focus on yeah, the trash. I mean the the, <laughs> the climax of the episode. Let's let's wrap up Corey and Sean at the dance. The crowd is getting a little bit restless. Feeney's vamping. Stay in school. <laughs> Get a good education. Don't slouch. Uh, Mr. Turner's trying to get the guys to go out. Apparently, Corey tried to get a couple of guys who will come in and play, and they can just, uh, you know, pose. Not a bad idea at the last minute. Unfortunately, they're not willing to pay, and they went and took a paying gig. And uh, (laughs) Sean thinks maybe they can play. No. 
Sean, Sean's an optimistic, <laughs> very optimistic in this episode yeah. for no reason. Yeah. Turner comes in. Corey tries to pull his his last ditched Hail Mary effort is to play the diva rock star where their rider uh, r- their rider qualifications weren't met this turkey is sliced not or this press not sliced we we won't go on until our needs are met turner plays them for chumps and uh announces them anyway <laughs> and yeah. uh oops my mistake and of course they gotta face the music no pun intended uh was trying not to use that expression but i did anyway sorry good looking people (laughs) i mentioned no we're better off for it yeah (laughs) i mentioned i do think i see flip in the crowd if you look uh as they're over their shoulders they get the crowd right away you know you want to rock you want to roll who's ready to rock and roll and it's very quick the crowd realizes that they're just trying to string them along Corey tries to pull off the name game with Sonia. Yep. It falls apart very quickly and uh, immediately <laughs> everyone walks away. <laughs> yeah. uh, and as Corey and Sean sit dejected, reflecting on their failures, let's listen into their conversation because it was pretty fun. Comes Feeney. I can just hear him now. Mrs. Hunter Matthews, although right now you feel beaten and humiliated, you've learned a valuable lesson that you should never try to be someone you're blah. Blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. Mrs. Hunter Matthews? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Turner, were we as bad as we think? You guys don't show up for class on Monday. I'll understand. Let's get out of here. Now, <laughs> I I will let all the Mr. Feeney stuff about signing them up for the concert or for the gig go earlier. Go for this because <laughs> I think he kind of owes Corey one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he had every opportunity to tell Mr. Feeney he doesn't really have a band. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, Mr. Turner's, you know, yeah, they, they kind of just, they, they gave them every opportunity to say, we don't have a band, we can't do this. And they yep. they gave them enough rope. They chose to hang themselves with it, so to speak. Yep. They chose to crash and burn on the biggest stage they could. They chose to ruin the dance. Yes, they did. <laughs> and so then we have, um, they're going to leave, but Topanga comes in and... Uh, pretty much word for word tells Corey everything that Amy told Alan that he was cute up there with his guitar and it was just, he was the whole package and she really, and she, Corey finds out she still likes him mm-hmm. and it's, um, uh, I know they were going for a little bit of symmetry there, but it, it feels a little disingenuous to me. It, it feels a little too forced, especially considering yeah. Alan and Amy are not Corey and Topanga. <laughs> no, but on the same token, Topanga's very clear on her feelings. Yes. And and for her, I don't I would not say that she views them as endgame, mm-hmm. but she 
feels a different way about Corey than she does any other boy. Very true. And I think she's very comfortable and confident saying that. Whereas Corey is not, and thus she is waiting on Corey to be ready and to be able to communicate. Because mm-hmm. uh, even in a few episodes down the road, eventually, you know, they try to talk about, well, do they like each other? And Topanga's like, you know that I like you. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm just waiting for you to tell me. Yep. And clearly at this point in their in their development, Topanga is at that stage where girls traditionally are far more developed than guys are. So Telegram, Misty, teenager. <laughs> <laughs> and so they decide they're going to have that dance after all anyway. They put uh, Mr. Feeney's cassette in and it turns out Mr. Feeney was at that room where uh, Jojo Man and Brother B uh, recorded their gig, and it's the name game with Feeny, Feeny, Fofini, Banana, Banana, Pomini. And we all get a laugh, and we go to the tag where Alan and Corey says, Weenie, it says, Weenie, <laughs> I can read. <laughs> Yeah, we're in the living room, and they're. It feels like they're trying to pass off their guitar because mm-hmm. Alan's kind of like, "Okay, I, I I'm not I don't the play guy this I enough. I was. I, I'm not yeah. really interested in this anymore." <laughs> and Corey's like, "Why would I want to learn this? It didn't get me anywhere." And Eric walks in. Yeah, and uh, Eric, take this. So Eric's like, "Oh, I thought I was gonna try. I thought about starting a band." He picks it up. Eric is a savant. He is. Yep got natural talent on this guitar that far surpasses Alan's plays mm-hmm. this really sweet lick takes it off nah and that's it episode's over we never see Eric pick up a guitar again <laughs> yep yep and we're all done and that is band on the run <laughs> yep. uh, that would yes. be an episode that is an episode so Tyler why don't you take it away and give us some deep dives? Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? Okay, I will say, first and foremost, I did look into, did Will Friedel know how to play the guitar prior to this little shredding demonstration and the answer is no <laughs> not one iota about him at the time he's able to play that doesn't mean that he didn't learn how to play later on but just from what i gathered he didn't really talk much about it so i'm just gonna take it as he doesn't know how to play and he's just a good actor with a prop i, I will say that's one of the things that he's been always been very open about is just hand me anything and i'll be funny with it the funniest thing is that the audience claps and gets all excited so it's like the audience believed in that moment that he he did know how to play it felt like eric was was criminally underused in this episode too he had those two scenes and that was it yeah he definitely was not used well and again it's that complication this season that i just don't think they find the balance yet of having eric actively participate with him being at the same school but also Corey making poor choices at school getting himself into shenanigans and trouble i mean the nice part about the next season is that 
Eric's sole goal is to get to college and and to get the things he needs to be able to um, move forward with his life. So it's almost like his sole focus being of moving forward that he doesn't have time for all of the other shenanigans, I guess. This season is just a matter of the writers remember that they should have him participate or not. With that said, what I found was, on average, it takes about 300 hours of practice to learn basic chords and feel comfortable playing the guitar. If you practice for two hours a day, every day, it'll take five months to master the basics. If you practice an hour every day, it'll take you 10 months. So, essentially, it takes time time is the thing you need to get comfortable with an instrument and time was the thing that Corey and sean absolutely did not have <laughs> there was some research done awkwardly enough about are people who play instruments sexier or people that are in bands sexier and essentially from all the stuff i'm looking at is people can see more appealing, but that doesn't mean like they themselves are sexier. It's just more people are willing to give a little bit more attention to them than if they didn't. It's all really that came out of uh, the studies that were done. This episode, the guys, the tongues, play a song, Good Lovin', by the Young Rascals. Uh, the song was written by Rudy Clark and Arthur, Arthur Resnick. It was originally recorded in 1965 by the Olympics. And the song, the singer, uh, isn't feeling right. He goes to the doctor to find uh, what's wrong. Turns out that he needs uh, some good lovin', or as John Bon Jovi would say, some bad medicine. The Young Rascals added the famous one, two, three count in uh, with a different member saying each number. Felix Cavallini? Cavalier? Yeah, it was the other member of their band. And so one guy would start, the other guy would go, and then the other ones. Apparently, according to Rolling Stones, the Young Rascals were surprised uh, by the success of the track. And they even admitted that we weren't too pleased with our performance. Uh, and it was a shock to us when we went to the top of the charts. And apparently the band disbanded in 1972. You know, we've talked before about timeline in which Alan would have been young and and doing stuff in that early 70s, even late 70s-ish, right around uh, when he would have been active. And he did mention the you know, protesting Vietnam War, which is in the 70s and late 60s, early 70s. So it's not that out there for... The things that he was talking about being accurate for why they uh, would uh, be starting a band. And, of course, the main one being Pick Up Chicks. So let's talk about the name game for a second. The song is written and performed by uh, Shirley Ellis as a rhyming game that creates variations of a person's name. She explains through speaking and singing how to play the game. Um, the ver first verse is used Ellie's name. And the others used in the original song of are Lincoln, Arnold, Tony, Billy, Marsha, and Nick. Essentially, it's just you say a person's name and you say it a bunch of different ways. So exactly what Corey did. And it did not go well in the show, which I think is accurate. So I just want to say, because Corey brings up the whole motorcycle helmet. Turner's always carrying around the motorcycle helmet. We don't see the bike yet, but it's important to know that motorcycle helmets are a very key element to keeping people safe. In 2008, a systematic study showed that helmets reduce the risk of head injuries 
by 69% and risk of death around uh, 42%. I will say that famously, uh, because of us having Pennsylvania connections, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, famous quarterback of the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers, was in a motorcycle accident, was not wearing a helmet. It may have been 2008 or 2007. I can't fully remember. But anywho, he famously was in a motorcycle accident and they thought his career may have been over, but he somehow was okay and recovered and was able to continue to go on and play and very lucky to be alive. Pennsylvania is one of those states that does not require a helmet. Right. I think it does require it now, though. It might have been after that accident, actually. (laughs) I think, right. Well, I think because of how, how popular of a story it was about his accident that it, I think the state of Pennsylvania passed that is a requirement now to wear a helmet here's uh, the final thing we need to talk about and that is how does one ask a girl to a dance (laughs) so we got a couple different methods here so planning to ask her first thing is you know ask her a few weeks before the dance instead of Corey's approach of well I'll ask her you know the week of the dance you know maybe a few weeks out hey you know three weeks we got a dance coming up you know hey Topanga you want to go to the dance in three weeks then in the three weeks time period, they can figure out, are we going as a couple? Are we going as friends? Practice what you'll say. I, I don't think that would include of, you know, just saying, my name is Corey. I need to go to the seventh grade dance. Do you want to go to the seventh grade dance? You know, being aware of your posture, being aware of what you want to say, how you want to say it, all those things, being inviting, dressing nicely. Now, I'm not going to say Corey wasn't dressed nicely, but it's not a bad thing to wear something a little on the nicer side if you're going to in person uh, ask somebody to the dance. Uh, and it does make note of deodorant and uh, brushing of your teeth beforehand is a very wise choice. Don't overdo it with a cologne. No Axe body spray. Remember that no means no. So if a girl says no to you about going to a dance, don't give her a hard time. Just accept the no and it's okay. I've gotten rejected before to go to a dance. It wasn't that fun, but eh, at the end of the day, I still had fun, so it's okay. Coming up with creative ways to ask. So the first thing you got to figure out is bring a small gift. What type of small gift would this girl appreciate? I tend to think that these type of things are more around the lines of like prom, you know, like with the prom proposals. Then there's little things like getting romantic, you know. What's a romantic way you can say, hey, you're really important to me? An example is uh, you give them a bag of keys and say, find the key to my heart. Simple things. Uh, Spell it out. You know, you've seen people use those signs of, hey, Hillary, will you go to the prom with me? I don't know why I said Hillary. I was thinking about (laughs) uh, that show, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Hillary will you marry yeah spelling it out create a treasure hunt here's what i'll say being someone who asked several girls the different dances over my time and also going through the process of proposing to somebody and getting the yes you gotta know the person and and who you're asking and and how they'll say yes and all that jazz and if you don't know then it's not the right person That's going into my response of what my advice is, is know the person. You know, my wife is not a very much a public person. The only reason she agrees to go up in front of crowds or to come on the podcast is because I ask her and she loves me enough to do it. She is not one to start her own podcast because she would not find that fun. She doesn't mind also hanging out and talking with Brett and Kelly. That's another big reason why she does it. But, you know... I knew for proposing to her, I wasn't going to do it in a crowd. Uh, wasn't going to be at a restaurant. Wasn't going to be anywhere where other people were going to be at. It was just going to be the two of us. And, you know, she was dressed like a bum, but she wanted to be a surprise. So even though she's dressed like a bum, 
I was not dressed like a bum, and I said all the words I needed to say, and she said yes. So that's all that counts. Knowing your person and knowing how they want to be asked is important. Have I ever asked you how you proposed to Kelly? I don't know if you have. I mean, maybe it's a teenager, but I cannot for the life of me think off the top of my head of how you did it. So, Brett, how'd you propose? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's a fun story. I, um, I took her on a picnic lunch to a park in her hometown. Uh, and at the end of lunch, I had written a song for her, uh, an original piece that I played for her on my guitar. And the song closed with me asking her to be my wife. At which point I had gotten down on one knee in the classic proposal stance. And in her head, she was in the, why are you, why, why are you singing? Why are you saying that? It's, you're only supposed to say that when you're actually proposing. And when she looked down, I had the ring out and she was so surprised and shocked that her response was yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> And so that is our proposal story. I am now blanking if I've ever heard this before. Somewhere in my head, I feel like I have, but all the things I, I'm watching it play out, going, <laughs> yeah, that all makes sense. Um, so either way, either I've I've heard that before, so I'm hearing it again, or just because I know you guys well enough, all that you know. I'm it I'm all sure we've out, shared so. at least <laughs> at least that last part. I know we've shared at least that last part before. Yeah. So let's say. I'm going to be honest with you, Brett. We've had enough conversations over the years that I cannot remember what we've told each other slash just what things we just know because we're nosy and we just know things. <laughs> you know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend, Mr. Matthews, will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? So what did we learn from Band on the Run? <laughs> I think if I'm honest, what I learned is that I need to make sure I'm listening to my wife. Um, if she thinks that something is a wise choice, I need to listen to that. If she definitely thinks something is not a wise choice whatsoever, I need to listen to that. Um, I mean, I'll say I typically if we're going to make a, a big choice it needs to be something that my wife is pushing and not me to push because i'm i'm an optimistic person so i tend to go hey i think we can do this let's make it happen um but it, if my wife is the one going hey i would like to do something then i go well okay well then let me put my positive twist and let me start moving us you know to go that way you know or if i come up with an idea and she goes no i don't want to do that then we just don't um so i just uh, i i, I love again my favorite the highlight of this episode is alan and amy and their in their relationship and truly just how incredible amy is and how much she reminds me of a future uh, of my wife. <laughs> I learned, you learn, nothing from this episode. Because you know everything. <laughs> no, because it's the same plot. No, um. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, I blew up another mailbox. <laughs> um. Uh, I, I'm going to have to default to the same lesson, though. Um, 
I, I know there's going to be times, I know there have been, where I'm not going to be in the right frame of mind or the right zone to be able to think clearly or, or even at all. And I'm going to need to be able to lean on Kelly and I'm going to need her to, to be my, my anchor, my rock, my lightning rod, if you will, to, to be my guide through to the other side of whatever nostalgia or darkness or whatever I'm going through that I need help through. Yeah. Yeah. I've already learned so Corey's like lesson. copied my answer. Yeah. <laughs> Copy paste. <laughs> I already learned Corey's lesson of don't lie about being a band when you're not one. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think sometimes we have to relearn of just when you tell a lie, the lie will spiral <laughs> until you stop telling the lie. Yeah. Luckily, this is an innocent one, really, <laughs> outside of just some embarrassment. Yeah. So. Well, you answered one question out of 40 and got it wrong. So what grade do you think I'm going to give you? Can it be found at the beginning of the word fajita? <laughs> si, senor. How would you grade Band on the Run, Tyler? I'm going to have to go with a straight up C. Um, he's... Uh, at the end of the day, this is straight up an average episode of Boy Meets World. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly, goodness, when we started recording, I was at a D, D plus, and mostly due to Alan and Amy, it, it rose to a C for me. Um, and even with Topanga as well, I, I know that Boy Meets World has criticism for the way a it treats girls and women. And B, especially for Topanga and some of the things that occur with her. But uh, this show consistently has done a good job of establishing who Topanga is at the core of who she is. And I know that the show is going to backtrack eventually and go, the real Topanga is the hippie with the, the <laughs> lipstick on her head or face. No, the real Topanga is someone who's firm in who she is. She knows the people that she cares about, and those are the people she interacts with the most. You know, Topanga is very competent in, and especially in her how she feels and how, you know, with Corey. Now we will backtrack eventually again, but for right now, Topanga is very confident in who she is, who Corey is, and who she wants to spend her time with. Mm-hmm. So what grade would you give this, Brett? I'm going with the C as well. It's a very middle-of-the-road episode. The only thing that keeps it from being lower is the same thing. It's it's Alan and Amy. And honestly, mm -hmm. seeing all those rock legends right there in the living room playing and Alan desperately trying to keep up. <laughs> yeah. Plus, Mr. Feeney being able to laugh in Corey and Sean's faces when their scheme blows up in their own face. <laughs> that is wonderful. <laughs> well, because last season had a lot of Corey would be able to predict the things that Feeney was going to do. And the fact that he couldn't predict that he would just laugh right mm -hmm. in their face is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was that was gold. Um, so, yeah, those are the it only was, things that keep it from being any lower than a C that those keep it at, right at the right tread and water right there. Nice. So before we go, I do have a dad joke that's musical in theme. Ooh, hit me. What is Beethoven's favorite fruit? 
Mm. I'm gonna have to go with pineapple. No. Banana na banana na <laughs> And with uh, that good looking people we're gonna call it an episode of Dad's Meat World. But that doesn't mean it has to end for you. You can reach out to us and drop oh. us a line at dadsmeatworld at gmail.com. You can find us exactly. on social media at Dad's Meat World at Dad's Meat World on Twitter, Facebook, yeah. Instagram. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. Yes, we would. Hey, big shout out to my kitty cat, Binksy Kitty. We've had him officially for over a year now. So happy gotcha day, Binksy Kitty. <laughs> yes, happy gotcha day. Um, <laughs> I'm not letting our animals in. Our, our animals. I just realized how that sounded when it came out the first time. Our animals in, in my office. Animals. <laughs> our animals aren't allowed in my office. No, There's too you, much stuff in here they can destroy. <laughs> no, I my off my recording area is wherever I can in the house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, Tyler. Until next time. I'll see you. Good looking. See you next time. Good looking. Find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. And uh, choreogra- or choreographed. Rhymy, uh, what you eating? Uh, no, no. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that button was not, not supposed to be pushed. <laughs>